A very good day and welcome back to the Travels of Marco Perez podcast. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Marco Perez. I have been working in the cruise industry for almost 20 years by now. For most of my career, my job has been to help guests and customers decide what to do in port. So I was literally meant to travel and explore the world and the different destinations I have been so lucky to visit. And that is exactly what I would like to do with you. Share practical travel advice straight from the source, from an honest first-hand experience, no hidden agenda. All of this in order to inspire you to go out and about and enjoy this still wonderful planet we live in, and to get you involved in this project that will hopefully grow based on your participation. You can find the travels of Marco Perez on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please check them out, like, share, enjoy, and let me know what you think. Flight crew, please prepare for takeoff. Today, we're going to talk about another one of my most favorite destinations in the whole wild world, the city of Istanbul. Perched over two continents, you can either look at it as the departure point between Europe and Asia, or quite the opposite, which is the most accurate, the link between these two continents. The original settlement of Byzantium was founded at around 660 BC and later became better known as Constantinople. During centuries was the gem that no army could conquer, a bastion for the Knight Templars during the Crusades, and the true center of the universe at that time. Its location on a crossroads between the Aegean and the Black Seas, and then again right between Europe and Asia, gave the city the status of commerce and exchange capital, and of course, populated it with an international crowd that would only add up to its mysticism. At its fall to the Ottoman Empire in 1453, the city gained even more international interest and was developed to be the Ottoman capital, until these powers were moved to Ankara, and finally Constantinople changed its name to Istanbul. What's there to see in this fantastic destination? Well, let's start with the historical center, where in one area you're able to walk the historical Hippodrome Museum, the historical cisterns, the mesmerizing blue mosque, and of course, Hagia Sophia, that started as a Byzantine temple with its stunning floating dome, then became the largest cathedral in the world before being turned into a mosque, and now a museum and landmark of the city. When you visit the blue mosque, which is just across the street from Hagia Sophia, and any other temple from that matter, you are required to attain to certain dress codes. In the case of mosques, women have to be completely covered from wrist to ankle, and of course, a veil covering their hair. Men are required to have clothes that cover up to their shoulders and knees. Access to the blue mosque, for example, is controlled, and you need to line up and remove your shoes in order to enter the temple. If you don't have the appropriate clothing, you can borrow it from the mosque, but of course that implies making another line in order to obtain the pieces of cloth to cover yourself. While in town, you will be pleasantly impressed with Turkish food. The center of the city is the place to be, with numerous cafes, restaurants and of course kebab places. Please don't miss the chance to try local lentil soup and some seafood down by the Bosphorus where restaurants have a great view of the river and fresh seafood is the speciality of the area. If you have a sweet tooth, then Turkey is definitely for you. Turkish delights are to be found all over the city. A piece of advice, please don't miss the chance to try the famous Turkish breakfast. I won't say much, so I don't give it away. All I can say is that you will thank me later. For souvenir shopping, you need to visit the Grand Bazaar where it is said that you can buy anything from a needle to a camel. Please remember that bargaining is expected from you, 
as prices are never set in stone. Start from offering half of what they are asking for and take it from there. Turkey is very well known for its carpet production, but that is not all you can shop for as souvenirs. They also have fantastic textiles, wools and fine jewelry. If what you're looking for is the latest trends, then you need to visit Nisantasi area. And if what you're looking for is to meet people and have a drink at night, then you need to visit Taksin area, where the flow of people walking up and down the main street never seems to cease. Of course, if you're in Turkey, you need to try a hammam or a Turkish bath. The best I found has to be Hagia Sophia Hurem, right across the street from Hagia Sophia. They have separate areas for male and female, and the resting lounges are just spot on. One of my favorite activities in pretty much every destination I visit is to go for morning jogs. In Istanbul, I prefer to do it down the waterfront. Believe me, you never get tired of these fantastic views of the city. One thing never to be missed in Turkey is the opportunity to visit a smoking bar, where you rent a hookah and are offered fruit and different kinds of seeds and snacks that are placed on your table. You can ask to remove what you don't want and leave on the table only what you will eat. If you touch the plate, you pay for it, so please remember that. Also, be aware that no alcohol is served in the establishment, so please be prepared for this in order to avoid any disappointment. In order to visit any destination, you need to prepare yourself, do some research, and learn as much as possible before your trip. One of the best ways to do this is by watching movies or reading books that make reference to such place. In the case of Istanbul, I strongly recommend to read Constantinopolis by James Shripman, a great tale about the fall of the city to the Ottoman Empire. If a good movie is what you're looking for, then you need to watch Hammam by Ferzan Ospetek from 1997 that gives you a great overview of Istanbul narrated by a foreign that falls in love with the city. Also Topkapi from 1964, directed by Jules Dassin, a great action comedy that feels like the mother of all Mission Impossible movies. And of course the blockbusters Taken 2 from 2012, directed by Oliver Megaton, and 007's From Russia With Love, directed by Terence Young from 1963. Flight crew, please prepare for landing. Now we've come to the section called Advice from the Staff, and in this section I would like to share advice straight from the heart and experience of a crew member, things that you need to know before boarding a cruise ship, checking in a resort or even taking a long flight, what you need to expect and perhaps avoid doing. Today we're going to talk about tourist scams and it is just fitting to talk about common tourist scams that take place in the city of Istanbul. Of course, not only in this fantastic destination you are exposed to scams like this, but they are especially common there. The shoe shiner is the first one. Get this, a friend and I were walking down the street once, a few meters behind an older man carrying a shoe shining box. All of a sudden we saw how a wooden brush fell off the box and of course we called the man's attention to it. My friend actually picked it up and uh, handed it over to the old man who was very very thankful and offered to give us a shoe shine as a form of appreciation. We gently denied the service and continued walking. The old man followed us a couple of blocks insisting on his proposal until we had to stand our ground and uh, be more firm with the man. Do what he bluntly asked for money and charity. 
Later on, when sharing the experience with locals, we found out that the fallen brush is a tactic to get clients. He offers the shoes shined for free, but then pushes for paid services and upgrades, asks for charity money or steals from the client. So what to do? Call the person's attention for the brush, but do not touch it and continue walking. Another scam that is very famous is bar pool. This happened to a couple of co-workers who luckily were able to get away and tell the tale. They went out for a drink in town, when stopped for a quick bite at a local young man started a conversation with them. After a few laughs, the man asked them what they were up to. They went out for a drink in town. When stopped for a quick bite, a local young man started a conversation with them. After a few laughs, the man asked them what they were up to after and told them he was also going for a drink and could show them around the bars if they wanted. Of course, if you're in a foreign country, it would be a commodity to have a local showing you around. So they accepted and followed the man to a bar, where the man ordered rounds and continued the conversation. A couple of ladies approached the table and, friendly enough, sat at the table and ordered drinks as well. At one point, the new friend leaves the table and never came back. Next thing they knew, the waiter approached them with hundreds of dollars bill for all drinks for the whole table. When they refused the charges, they were threatened with knives to be forced to pay the bill. Somehow, they negotiated with the bar staff to be taken to the ship, as that was where they would be getting the cash to pay. Of course, when entering the port area, only the ship staff was allowed in and the bar staff had to stay outside. I believe they're still waiting as these guys never went out to pay what they were wrongly charged for. What to do? Just like your mom told you, do not talk to strangers. Okay, so now we've come to a section that I really, really enjoy and actually uh, the feedback that I've been getting is that you guys enjoy it as well. So we're going to do our best to keep it up. And this is the section where we talk to a local, where we talk to people who live in different parts of the world. Now we're going to be traveling to a different area of our fantastic planet and we are going all the way to South America, actually, that's the, at the very tip of South America. And uh, in order to tell us everything we need to know about this place uh, that is very super special, I have my very good friend Giovanni. How are you, Giovanni? Very good. How are you? Great. Thank you for for taking the call and and, and thank you for preparing uh, to tell us everything we need to know about your hometown. So tell us, Giovanni. Giovanni, where do you live right now? Well, um, I live in a city called uh, Santa Marta. It's in the north coast of the Caribbean Sea here in Colombia. And it is considered among the oldest cities here in South America. And it is very, very, very interesting. I know many people uh, have heard about uh, other cities here, like Cartagena or Barranquilla. Santa Marta is also very, very important in the in the coast, the north part of the country. So you're located in the north part of Colombia, a, a beautiful, beautiful country I love. And actually they say that they have uh, the best Spanish, apparently, somehow. Uh, we're going to, we can open that section for a, for a debate in a, in a different uh, episode, okay? Um, okay, so you are in, in Santa Marta. What is there to see in Santa Marta? Why is it so important? 
Um, it is very important, even though we have a, a very, very historical tradition. Uh, Santa Marta is, it is starting with nature. It is the only place in the world where you can find snow close to the Caribbean Sea. In Santa Marta, we have all the climates, and this helps us to have uh, a very, very, uh, a big variety of uh, vegetation, different plants, different kinds of fruits and vegetables, and uh, also all the climates that we have here, from snow to the hot, hot, hot of the coast. And uh, also, um, what else was what I going to say? Well, indigenous traditions mm -hmm. because we have uh, the cultural heritage of the Taironas, the Indians who inhabited this area when the Spaniards arrived uh, by the year 1525 onwards. So that is what we have here in my city, history, culture, tradition, and a lot of nature. Okay, but I don't understand how it is possible that being in Colombia, you're close to the sea and you still have snow? You get snow sometimes of the year? We never have snow in the city, okay. but we have the mountain. Oh, right. And uh, the mountain races here in the Caribbean Sea, we pass from zero to 5,750 meters above the sea level. That's about more than 15,000 feet. Right. So we have that mountain at the top of the mountains where we have the snow wow. and then going down to the to the Caribbean Sea we have a huge variety of weather. Now you were saying that Santa Marta is one of the oldest cities in the country? Yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing the downtown area is also very colonial? We have a strong uh, um, colonial and republican influence. Mm -hmm. Santa Marta is very historical even, but not as Cartagena. Cartagena had the very, very, the, the fortress which protected the right. area. Right. Santa Marta did not have such, such an importance on the old times because everything used to be in Cartagena. Mm -hmm. so Santa Marta was more, more vulnerable to the attack of the Spaniards. Cartagena okay. was with, because of the fortress they could protect themselves. So here that didn't happen, even though we still have a lot of uh, uh, remains of the colonial and, uh, and uh, Republican uh, styles here in the, in the old town. We mm -hmm. have the, one of the oldest churches in, uh, in, in the continent, the Cathedral of Santa Marta, which is a very historical building. Uh, the Customs House, in, which is close to the beach, uh, we used to be the first custom office here in the in, in our country, and uh, so go on. Also, some uh, like uh, the House of the Culture, which is a very very nice colonial style building, which mm -hmm. used to be a convent, and so on. Yeah. And how far away is Cartagena from Santa Marta? Well, Cartagena is uh, like a four hours drive from uh, from Santa okay. Marta. Um, Barranquilla is in between. All right. So to pro, to go from Santa Marta to Barranquilla is uh, it's about 100 kilometers, and mm -hmm. um, it is pretty much the same distance between Barranquilla and Cartagena. So from here to Barranquilla, just just driving, you can spend two hours. And from Cartagena, Barranquilla to Cartagena, the same. So it's like four hours drive. All right. 
Okay, so I've been to Cartagena, and that's pretty much the only place in Colombia that I've been to, and I loved arepas, and especially in Tocomo, the arepas de huevo. Now, well, the egg arepas. But what about uh, Santa Marta? What is, what's so special about food in Santa Marta? The food is pretty much the same because we share all the culture of the Caribbean coast. Mm -hmm. The specialties here in the in my city are arepas, arepas de huevo, which is the cornbread filled with egg, which is, as you mentioned, is very, very delicious. Uh, the traditional Colombian empanadas, uh, also some called the uh, carimañolas, which are made of yuca, this right. root, which is delicious. But the specialty of uh, in Santa Marta is made of uh, green banana okay we love green bananas we don't eat the bananas when they're ripe well we do but uh, we mostly cook everything with green bananas or um, and also with plantain but basically the banana when the banana is green mm -hmm. we prepare our most typical dish which is called kajeje kajeje okay. is boiled green bananas and you just mash them as you do with the mashed potatoes and you add butter and uh, our typical Caribbean sea with, uh, cheese, I mean, Caribbean cheese, uh, which is a little bit salty. And uh, you can eat it with uh, with beef, uh, with a steak or with chicken or just by itself. And it's extremely delicious. Oh. That's our specialty. We also have the patacones, which in other countries is called tostón, which is just fried green bananas and banana chips or plantain chips. Is there a, is there a special place that you'd like to eat in the town a there restaurant. are plenty of restaurants and there is a big offer of local food and also international food um there are plenty 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 like in the in parque los novios which which can be translated as lovers park mm -hmm. we have a big variety of offers in the old town uh but it's the special like traditional donde chucho uh, uso, which is like Greek food and Mediterranean food, uh, Chucho Gourmet, uh, La Musteria. All right. To yeah, name a few. There's a, yeah, within a few. Yeah, there's plenty of them, but uh, yeah, here is, is easy to find. And I'm guessing the light, nightlife as well is very good. Oh, nightlife is awesome. Uh, in the the streets get very very lively music. It's very common to find uh, musicians on the on the streets uh, playing their uh, their instruments. If you walk in the night in El Rodadero and you are having a drink by the beach, uh, it's very common to have a, a small vallenato group, which is vallenato is the, 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 the local music. Yes. And they play for you. It's just the accordion, the the drums, and the, and they play for you. Uh, also, local artists and small concerts on the streets, and uh, bars, pubs. It's very common if you just find a nice bar who has a terrace and uh, sit there and have a beer, a local beer, or, or a typical drink right uh, and also nightclubs yeah it's very very light city the the motion begins like uh, 10 p.m let's say and it finishes by by 3 in the morning wow well so one day i'm going to come visit and uh we're gonna have to go try all those different restaurants and the bars as well you you definitely should uh santa marta is also very famous because of uh, the beach 
course. We have plenty, plenty beaches here. The most famous uh, Rodaero close here, um, Bello Horizonte and uh, Tairona Park, which is Virgin Beaches. Wow. Um, the, the mountain is there. It's a natural reserve where we have plenty, plenty, plenty different kinds of beaches for you. Right. Some of them you can swim, some of them, some of them you cannot. Uh, you can go there camping and it's very good for bird watching if you love nature, uh, for uh, um, trekking if you like to exercise, for swimming, uh, for scuba diving, for snorkeling and yeah, for you to have a nice uh, interaction with modern nature. So that's, that's very common. Now, one, one I think it will be the last thing. Um, when is the, the best time of the year to come visit? Santa Marta is open all year long since we don't have any winter. The weather here is amazing all year long. It's up average, the coldest it can, it can get is 28, 29 degrees Celsius. And the hottest could be 36, 38. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty warm all year long. Right. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to start planning then. Okay. And I'll let you know. You should. Even though here around Santa Marta, we have other options. If you are interested into literature, just come to discover Macondo, the hometown of uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Well, it's not Macondo, it's Aracataca. But if you're interested in literature, we can take you there and we can make you discover all the the history and the tales that are No, wait a minute. You're telling me that Akataka is close to Santa Marta? Yeah, it's very, very close to the city. It's like one hour and a half drive. What? Yes. No way. Definitely. Oh, well, that's we should have started from there. It's amazing. I'm a big fan. I, I love Garcia Marquez. So and if you like I, archaeology, you can see. go yes. to the Lost City or Teyuna, which is like the Colombian Machu Picchu. It's like one week uh, excursion, trekking like the mountains and in the jungle and getting there to see the, the amazing terraces that we have there. Wow. No, no, most definitely. Thank you very much, Gio, for all the information and for taking the call. It is my pleasure and uh, I am inviting everyone, whoever wants to come here, to my hometown in, uh, in, in Colombia. Remember, Santa Marta is waiting for you with arms wide open. The warmth of the, of the people here, it's stunning. You will see people here are very kind, we are very friendly and uh, we have plenty, plenty to show. Just come and discover the most beautiful beaches in the world are here in my hometown. <laughs> and also the mountains, the rivers, the culture, the food, you will love it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Thank you very much, Gio. I'll see you it soon. It's my pleasure, Marco. All right. So there you have it. We've come to the end of this episode. Please let me know if you liked it. You can always find the Travels of Marco Perez on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please check the post out, like, share, enjoy, and please, please, please let me know what you think. In the meantime, take care and enjoy. See you later.